Hi, it's us again. I'm talking about having a baby is no joke. Yeah, I don't know if we're ever not going to laugh. No. <laughs> Until we can take ourselves seriously, then yeah. uh, maybe you won't. So sorry Probably about it. You won't. <laughs> but thank you for coming back. Yeah, thank you. No, it's really, it's really nice to have a bit of a following. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so this week's episode, we kind of just wanted to talk about aftermath of birth. Yeah, Whoa. following on from our last episode, which we were talking about our pregnancy and our birth, and now it's the aftermath. Yeah. Um, but first, how are you? Yeah, no, I'm okay. I'm okay. I mean, besides like, again, kind of nursery dramas, diaper rash, sickness, Dude. teething. Oh my God, it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. <laughs> I met my friend um, the other day for drinks and she said that it's like you get on a train and then the train doesn't stop moving Ugh. and you can't, you can't get off. Yeah, it never pulls into the platform. Yeah. It doesn't even tease you. No. Or maybe it does. Maybe it pulls into the platform like a little bit and then it just yeah. keeps Bad. going. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not even like a nice train, like no. a Hogwarts Harry Potter train. No. It's like... Like the kind of rickety old Dingy, kind of smelly, yeah, falling apart. Toilets don't over work. The <laughs> and with that in mind, <laughs> the aftermath. So, how was it for you? Because obviously, I mean, from last time, your birth was pretty, pretty traumatic. Yeah, pretty full on. And I think the aftermath for me was actually worse than the birth. I think the birth, in a way, was the easiest part. Um, but I. So one of the things that happened that we didn't realise at the time, so I my meal didn't come in. Oh. So after the birth, you know, I'm trying there to bond with baby and um, he latched on fine, it was all good. And so didn't think, oh, like there's no milk. I didn't realise, so obviously the partner can't stay in the hospital, so I was by myself in the night and my little one just like kept breastfeeding all night he would be on for like two hours and then and then you don't know because you think like that's normal right because you have well, no I just idea didn't know. And, well I didn't think it was normal in the sense because I thought like they do every three hours they get on for 10 minutes and then you sleep for three hours and, then, <laughs> and the next three hours they come back and I was like oh I don't know what's going on and I just remember feeling so exhausted and I kept ringing the bell and ringing the bell and being like is this normal like he, he's just on for two hours he two to three hours at a time like then he comes off for 10 minutes and then he wants to go back on like I think something is wrong like is this mm. is this normal and I had like different messages so one of the midwives came and she was like oh you just have to like tell him to hurry up and like rub his arms and kind of say like you know come on baby quick 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 got to drink because he's falling asleep and not drinking and then I was like um okay and then I was just so desperate I wanted her to like do it for me because I just remember feeling so exhausted and um because I had the episiotomy um, epis- still can't say it 16 month one um, and because of my preeclampsia, my legs were completely swollen. Mm. So I w- it was really hard to move and kind of get in and out of the bed and lift him, things like that. And I just was, I just remember feeling absolutely like broken. And I was like, this can't be what it is. This can't be normal. And then a, another midwife came in the night. Cause I was, I was that one that kept ringing the bell. And she was like, oh, it's probably that your milk hasn't come in. 
um, and you should tell your partner tomorrow to bring like formula and I was so like what what does that mean I didn't even understand but I was just saying to her like can you just help me and so she gave him a little bit of formula mm. and I remember saying it to my partner in the morning this is what happened and then kind of like we got swept up in it just it felt like there were so many people coming. I don't know if you had that, but they wanted to check his hearing, and then they there was like so many tests, and like I was so alone in the morning, that I, and it was just like too many things mm. happening. I remember the the poor lunch lady came, and she was like, "What do you want to eat?" And I just literally burst out crying, and I was like, "I can't think about eating now." <laughs> and then I think a midwife came in, and she was like, "Mommy's overwhelmed. Just just give her a minute." Um, and so, so didn't think about this kind of formula thing or what, what this midwife had said until we brought him home and it was like what I still refer to as the weekend from hell. Basically, I couldn't go five minutes to the toilet or to do anything and he would just be like crying and wailing and mm. he just was so hungry and I would just go to the toilet he was like oh um you need to come back he's hungry he's hungry and I was like he can't be hungry that can't be what it is like he it, like we have to learn to soothe him otherwise and like, like getting on my breast but I didn't realize that he wasn't getting any milk any milk and you know it was he was basically starving bless him and um we we started to notice like he was having dry nappies or like it was um this little like orange dot in the mm. in the nappy and we looking back how did we not we were so stupid we were like oh maybe because he's little he does like little peas <laughs> um and then the midwife came on monday and we said to her like something's wrong like this is what we're seeing and she weighed him and he'd lost 14 percent of his weight wow so then we were back in hospital again no which is traumatic enough as it yeah. is because you've just gotten out just gotten out we were back in um and we had to go through a and e as well so we were there they had to put he was like four days old if no. that they had to put cannulas in him because they didn't you know we we all could tell that it was probably the milk but they didn't know what it could be anything else so of they course. had to check him out before yeah. then saying okay so then it was like midnight by the time we got back on the maternity ward um and then yeah and then i remember like the next morning this consultant came and she was like oh so yeah it is probably like the milk and she was like she said to me um so you just can't like meet his needs which is so heartbreaking yeah. to say that to a new mom yeah. because that's what they keep honing in on us like yeah you should be breastfeeding you should be doing that that's the best for them yeah you know and I just think I think one they need to remove that pressure because it's not fair like it's not right and sometimes there are situations where it doesn't just work mm -hmm. in that way mm -hmm. you know and it doesn't mean that you've done anything wrong mm -hmm. it's not your body doing anything wrong either no and at that point I was already so feeling so kind of embarrassed and like a failure that my meal hadn't come in and that I hadn't worked it out um, that, you know, I was to hear that I was and I just said to her, oh, yeah, like, yeah, it's me. And I just now looking back, I wish I had 
being in the mind frame that I am now. So I could have advocated for myself and said, yeah. oh, hold on a minute, I don't think that's quite the wording or the language that you could use, please. Yeah, well, I, re- I you referenced earlier about how they said mommy was overwhelmed. And I was talking to a friend the other day, actually, and she was saying, that's it. Like, your identity is gone. gone. You're all yeah. of a sudden just mommy mom. yeah. or your mom to whoever or your you know all yeah. that well and do you remember the health visitor calling me be like hi mom how yeah. are you and it's like she yeah. don't even think she even bothered learning my name exactly and that's another thing to just kind of further down the line make you feel even more like less like stripped. yourself you yeah. know you're just completely stripped yeah and laid out bare for yeah. everyone to see yeah um and so then we had to get on with the the formula and i, I still wanted to try and breast best breastfeed um because my partner he was like oh that's that's really that's really needed that's what what's best um and so then I had to get on with this pumping to try and get the milk and I remember sitting in the hospital and he came <laughs> he bought me this like manual pump and he was like you know we're gonna you're gonna be fine we're gonna sort this out and I was just like sitting on a bed with my boobs out trying to <laughs> trying to pop myself what an image and i was just like oh my god i am a cow like i'm literally a cow like that is it like forget you know the beautiful woman that i was once i'm just now a cow um and then then when we finally got home again i think i was so anxious from the week that you know that what happened before where he just constantly couldn't be settled and was crying all the time because he was hungry I couldn't enjoy it I was I could like now looking back I didn't know obviously that was what was happening at the time but I was like deeply anxious and deeply panicked and I couldn't settle and I had this kind of trauma about the nights because the nights was the worst part you know and my partner was asleep and I felt like it was all on me and it was all on me to do it and so in the night I would try to combi feed where I would start with the breastfeeding and then I would have to give him the bottle and it would take 40 minutes um and then he he like I think he had gas I don't know but he would as soon as I would put him back, so he'd be asleep, and then as soon as I would put him on his back, he would, like, fast and kick. Mm-hmm. And so I would spend constantly the whole night sort of, like, holding him or, you know, and then in the end, I just would let him sleep on my tummy because I was so exhausted that I was like, and, you know, my partner was like, oh, you can't do that. It's not right. Well, that's, you like, know? another thing. There's, like, all the pressure to, like, don't let your baby sleep do, on don't you. Don't do this. Don't do that. But when you're alone and it's 3 a.m. and there's nobody there to help you and you, and, need you're, sleep. and you need sleep, it's like, you know, I said to him, I was like, you're welcome to keep trying and put him back in the cot, but, you know, you're telling me that you're exhausted, so I'm going to do it this way. Yes. Um, <laughs> Before I kill you in your sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I mean, this for another episode. There were times where I did, like, whacking really strongly. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't report me. <laughs> Passive-aggressively. wasn't yeah. intended. <laughs> um, but um, I, so I just, and I think that that panic just kind of started what was my kind of mental health difficulties. But I remember being so exhausted and I couldn't oh it's TMI but I mean how can I say TMI on this podcast (laughs) literally everyone's heard about my vagina um but because I would I was bleeding because you know you, you do that after birth and I had these big swollen legs and because of my sutures um and he was <laughs> wanting to breastfeed and then I always wanted to pee whilst he was breastfeeding and it was the worst and then what oh. I would do is I would like get out of bed but because I couldn't like 
get up i'd like kind of shuffle and then i'd leave these like marks of blood i know oh, dude, I know. and then i would take him to the toilet with me while he's trying to latch while he's trying no he was latch. he'd latch he'd like sit there and breastfeed whilst i was doing my wee live your life girl. and then i was come back on the bed um but leaving then, another trail the other way trail, and <laughs> i just remember like i was so obsessed of like not waking my partner and doing it right and you know like we had neighbors and they would comment about like they haven't heard a peep and you know and that that would make that that made me feel like okay I'm doing this I'm not failing like this is what I'm supposed to do you know mm. my partner would wake up and be like oh I didn't hear anything I got some rest and I'd be like right okay I'm doing everything meanwhile I'm not realizing that slowly my mental health is declining because I'm laying awake three, four hours, five hours a night and kind mm. of getting up and then doing it all over again in the day. But I remember um, like really early on, maybe sort of like the fourth or maybe second night in or I can't remember if it was when we brought him home originally. I had these weird, um, I don't even know what to call them, but these weird episodes where I was like in this dream state but I was awake mm. so I don't even like he would be able to describe it better but I was like so I think I was dreaming that I was this soldier and I had that, this mission to do and I had to take care of this um I think machine I called it I kept calling it I've got to take care of the machine and then I, I woke up and I was still like thinking that I was this soldier that I had to take care of my machine wow. and a part I felt like a part of my brain knew that like no, you're you're awake now. Come on, snap out of it. But I couldn't, I couldn't do that. I couldn't wake up. Yeah. And he was like, "What the fuck? Like, come on! Like, what's wrong with you?" And I was like, "Oh, like, uh, saying all these things about like my machine and my mission, and you don't understand, and got to take care of it." And I think I was so, like, sleep deprived. Yeah. Um, that I was. Well, it's not... like psychosis as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm. I'm not expert but again yeah no expert here just kind of uh sharing our experiences putting out words there that we've heard on the internet or <laughs> heard in, in passing but yeah no well, expert. i guess we're trying to find language to describe like, exactly what the fuck was going exactly <laughs> um but yeah so the, it was it was really it was really hard and also i on top of all of that i didn't have this beautiful bond that like I had expected or that people described you know I kind of I felt very committed I remember that I felt really committed and I was like okay this is my baby and I'm gonna take care of him but I didn't like I didn't feel like I was in love you mm. know like I didn't really know him I didn't even know what how do you love somebody you don't know I just mm. and you know to me he was like a little demanding screaming alien at that point yeah. he didn't really do anything yeah. <laughs> apart from poo and pee um and he doesn't have like the personality that he has now so I sort of remember thinking yeah I'm not sure that I felt like this kind of glow or love or you know this bubble that this newborn bubble that everybody talked about yeah I just remember feeling exhausted and panicked and anxious but not telling anybody and wanting to get it right and you know wanting to do the right things um but I, I couldn't I think I was so panicked that I couldn't enjoy it mm. and at the same time you mentioned your body was like recovering with yes. loads of stuff as well yeah. which is another thing <laughs> that's yeah. just mental yeah you know because you're not yourself and you're 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 doing something completely 
out of your remit. You can't learn anything before you do it. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, you can read everything, but you're learning on the job, basically. Mm-hmm. And how many jobs can you do that in, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Where I kind of had, like, my my recovery or my aftermath was kind of slightly different in the sense that I, fortunately, I was able kind of latched right away um but well after like you know 12 hours after she'd been born but I also was told right after the birth that this was going to be the best night sleep Mm. that I was ever going to have and they were like don't worry too much about feeding the baby because she's got reserves from overnight or like from having been Mm. inside you and stuff and she can go 24 hours and I was like okay like that's great I was like you're gonna let me sleep that is amazing like I just like you know I'm kind of coming off the drugs everything is kind of coming back to normal I'm starting to feel things you know my legs were numb for ages because I was on on the epidural um and so I couldn't get out of bed so I was in bed for ages and obviously my partner had to go because COVID times um and so I was like this is it baby sleeping next to me I'm gonna sleep And then the midwives came and woke me up every two hours because they said that she was too small. And she wasn't even that small of a baby. She was six pounds, which is just like normal. I mean, it is on the smaller side. And I think her length and whatever was kind of smaller, but she was a normal weight, I thought, or because, you know, I was six pounds something when I was born. Um, And they were just like, you need to feed her. She's like too small. So then I got it in my head that I had to feed her every two to three hours. And that was like, from then on, like after I left the hospital and whatnot, I set my alarm for every two hours Mm -hmm. to wake up. So even if she wasn't waking up, I was getting up out of bed, picking her up, putting her on the boob because I was like, she needs to get it because I have, I failed her because I didn't grow her big enough Mm -hmm. in the womb. And like, then she came out and I had to just keep doing that. And so, it's often like mixed messages about this yeah. two to three hours because I was told, oh, you need to feed him every two to three hours. Make sure you do that. Then some other midwives was like, no, it should be um, on demand. Yeah. So it might be that he doesn't want it every three hours, that he wants it every four or every two or whenever. Yeah. So you should just feed on demand. You shouldn't wake up the baby to feed him. Yeah. You should let him call out for it. So it was really confusing yeah. what the messages were. It really was. And a lot of it, you're, you're in a state where you, again, your mind is doing really like somersaults like it's all over the place Mm -hmm. and you don't really know where you are and so you're getting all this information from varying different people where you think the kind of the line should be one thing Mm -hmm. coming from everyone but obviously people have their opinions even within the industry as Mm -hmm. well um and so anyway so I was doing a lot of the the kind of breastfeeding um which was going well and like I am very thankful for it and again I don't take it lightly like it's not something that I actually enjoyed by the end of it um, or throughout it because it kind of meant I was more exhausted um, than than some of the people I know who, who weren't necessarily waking up and doing the whole breastfeeding thing. Um, and I just, I think that there should be no pressure on it. I think, you know, I have friends who have babies straight on formula right away and friends who have babies on breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. And there's really no difference mm. in character, no difference yeah. in shape. And what no I found really difficult was that people say that, oh, they say fed is best, you yeah. know, do what's right for you. But then when you start having conversations around, like, I'm really struggling, because I was really struggling towards the end of the breastfeeding. I've been trying to do this bloody combi feeding for months. Yeah. My milk was never going to catch up to what it was. Towards the end, it got a bit better, but he, was, he still needed mm. um, formula. 
And I remember, you know, trying to have conversations about that. I can't do this anymore. I want to stop it. And um, people being like, oh, but, you know, he's so small and he needs all your antibodies and he needs all of that. And it's not right. And, you know, it's really important. And I'm and I kept thinking, oh, well, what about all this affair is best thing that you were campaigning for just a few weeks ago? But when it's me talking to you about wanting to stop because it's affecting me then all of a sudden it's yeah and I should be really ashamed which is another thing about like stripping your identity like all of a sudden it's just like you have no identity you are just a milk cow basically and what you are you're just like that person who's just there like letting this little vampire suck on you Mm -hmm. and you know and that's the best thing that Mm -hmm. you can do for your child Mm -hmm. but there's nothing like I know so many people who were raised on formula formula fed babies and all that jazz and they're fine Mm -hmm. like I just think I appreciate that fine you could get some antibodies from it and you know but I did an antibody test with my with the COVID vaccine because I got a COVID vaccine and you know then I, I was put into a study which I can go into in a second but um I we tested her for antibodies as well and she didn't have any. And that was something that, you know, they kept honing in on. And obviously all vaccinations are different and all, you know, and there are some things that are probably proven to go straight through, but you know, that was something that I was quite concerned about because COVID was something really ripe and kind of really relevant. So I went and got the vaccine for both of us to protect us. Mm -hmm. And then I kept feeding her and she didn't get any of the antibodies. So then she was exposed to COVID as much as, you know, someone who's formula fed and who isn't breastfed or who wasn't vaccinated. So I just think there really needs to be a better kind of way of talking about it, Mm. Um, you know, to suggest maybe that it is something that we should try and that's fine. But if it doesn't work, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm. And I think also the really weird thing, I didn't do an NCT course, but I did a kind of like a like an online antenatal course and they were very much like you must breastfeed Mm. and then everyone in the group was like of course we're going to do that and then people get opinions and Mm. people get really judgy Mm. and you know then we can go on to the topic of mom guilt which we can talk of which we're going to talk about next week but it's um it it is it's it's just really an unpleasant thing Mm. and yeah it's the last thing that you need you know yeah few days after or even at any point in your journey exactly but especially in the beginning when you're so new to it and you know you're being pulled apart in many different ways because you don't it's your first baby you don't fully know what's right what's not right and it's really difficult to kind of be attuned to yourself because you've got so many different mixed messages happening yeah and like at the same time I was going through a lot like my body was recovering I'd had full stitches because I'd had a third degree tear um and so I you know, that whole, my whole downstairs was swollen. And then on top of that, I had hemorrhoids because that happens as well. Oh, um, and so it was like, you know, everything sitting down was uncomfortable. Standing up was uncomfortable. <laughs> getting in the shower, trying to pee was uncomfortable. Oh my and God. let me talk to you about trying to take a shit. The first poo? Honestly, it is worse than childbirth. Yeah. yeah. Like I cried. It took me two and a half hours and I cried. And even then... All I could get out was gas. It wasn't even, it, it didn't, it didn't happen. Like, and then I, you know, at one point I was getting so stressed by it because they said, you need to do this. Mm-hmm. And luckily they let me leave the hospital by then. But I'm, I, 
I was also in the hospital three to four days after because I still had high blood pressure. Mm -hmm. That wasn't coming down. They kept switching me on pills and stuff before I could leave the hospital. Mm -hmm. Then on the last day when I was about to leave, they were like, oh, the baby might have jaundice. You might need to stay in the hospital longer. And I was like, you guys have just told me I can leave, so let Mm -hmm. me leave. Then they come to me with like this box of prescription stuff. So it was prescription for my high blood pressure, which I needed to take every four or five hours or something ridiculous like that. And then they gave me an injection because I'd been sitting down for so long. There was something to get the blood going. going. And it was something I'd never injected myself with anything. And they were like, okay, here, by the way, here are these like 15 needles to inject yourself every day with into your thigh. And I was like, wait, what? And then they're like, okay, but yeah, you can go home and go take care of your baby. So that was a whole other thing on top of, you know, my my massive box of prescription mm. drugs that I'd just been given. I discharged myself. Did you? Yeah. And they let I, you? Well, because I had enough. So I, because of like two nights of not sleeping and I said, I want to go home because I'm going to be with my partner and he can help. Unless you can help me in the night, a bit like with the birth, then let me go home. And they were like, oh, no, again, with your blood pressure, your preeclampsia, um, because I was still having protein in my pee. They were like, it's not quite normal. It's, you know, normally, like, after the birth, everything should kind of settle back. And I was like, no. I was like, the midwife can come on Monday, but I, I want to, to go home. Um, and obviously, in hindsight, I look back and I think maybe I shouldn't have done that because maybe they would have picked up with the breastfeeding but, you don't but I was so exhausted and I found that place so um damaging you know because nobody wants wants to help nobody wants to be there I had you know other poor mums with their babies who they couldn't settle kind of screaming all night and I was sort of want to empathize but also kind of thinking shut up because you're gonna wake up my baby yeah I just managed to put down yeah I'm exhausted I you can't go to the toilet because I kept were thinking well if I leave the bed who's going to be there to to watch him yeah but then I had I needed to go to the toilet so it was like horrible and then I didn't want to have to call someone just so I can go to the toilet because it would take me half an hour to even get up out of the bed yeah um so in the end I just was like I am going home yeah I am going home and so it that's really good yeah because they I just was like I they made me feel like there was no chance I could go home until they leveled out my blood pressure so like I was just like, okay, well, great. I'm just going to be in this hospital forever. I was like, I have high blood pressure. Like, it's just in my genetics. I don't know why you guys haven't picked up from this. But, like, genetically, I have high blood pressure. Like, I'm fine. I'm sad here. If anything, you're making me more stressed because you're not letting me leave. And, you know, and then there were moments within the hospital as well where they were like, "Um, okay, you've got to have your first pee, which we can't let you leave until you do that. Fine. So you're giving me all these kind of, like, milestones that I think I'm hitting Mm. and then to find out that I'm nowhere near you guys letting me leave Mm. and I think that that was quite traumatic and Mm. intense Mm. I'd also never been in a hospital before having a baby like for any reason which I feel very lucky for like I never was there for my own reason besides you know like a family member or something like that um and I just find it all quite toxic and they're just not very pleasant places and even you know there was like another mom on my ward and she had had a c-section and you know that like bless them I know they were busy and I know that they were understaffed but the cafeteria people were coming in and saying the food is ready you need to come and get your food 
And I'm like, this woman can't get out of bed. I can barely get out of bed. And you just yelled at me because I went into the hallway without my baby, even though the cafeteria was right across the hall. And you told me to come back and get it. But I'm shuffling to get there. And I'm trying to get this woman her food as well. How am I going to hold two trays <laughs> and my baby <laughs> at the same time? And it just, it just was a lot. And I don't, mm. I didn't feel supported. I didn't think it was That's a nice environment. Nice and I think that was probably the down, the like the start of all mm. the kind of mental pressures and mental yeah. Yeah. kind of things that were starting to develop. Well, as well with the communication. So I don't know what blood pressure medication you were on, but I was on two, Libitolol and I had that one. the other one. And they didn't tell me afterwards that um, the second one, which I can't remember the name of, is linked with psychosis. No way! And they didn't tell me. And libitolol is known to have had effects on um, the the milk. (gasps) And again, they didn't tell me. Wow. And there's been studies, you know, it's not obviously that it's, like, possible and, you know, or that it's, like, 100% 100% fat, but there have been studies to show, especially with the second one, that it affects, that it can cause psychosis. Wow. And that's why they only give you that one up to a certain point, and then they stop it. Wow, I never knew that. Yeah. And that's, that. I, I yeah, I, I think I ended up being on that one until the end. They switched me on all the different types, because it wasn't working on some, and it was working on some others, and libido I definitely had at one point. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if I ended up sticking with it. Um... Wow, mm. that says a lot, mm. actually. Mm. And it's bizarre that they don't mention they don't, that to you. Yeah. There's no disclosure. There's no disclosure. For all the stuff that they're like, don't put anything into your body because it's going to go to your baby. And then, you know, you're sitting here pumping me up with high blood pressure medicine. Exactly. And then antibiotics because I might get an infection because of, like, my my sore mm. and stuff. And, you know, that no one was... So how did you feel, like, towards your baby? I genuinely didn't have any feelings towards my baby Mm -hmm. and I like you said I didn't feel this instant like love like I've never felt before I felt protective um but I didn't feel like this is the rest of my life and I'm so excited for it you know Mm -hmm. I felt kind of like this is a lot of pressure Mm -hmm. and it's a very it's, it's a lot and, it, you know, it's it's changing everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I probably was more in that mindset than being like, this is one of the most beautiful experiences I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was kind of shocking to me. But also, I was just so confused as to what was going on. Yeah. Like, I don't think I had a clear mind at all. And I probably still don't have a clear mind of what is happening all the time because mm-hmm. it's just so different. It just always feels, and particularly back then, that... Everything is like happening faster than you can react. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like my friend saying about this moving train. It's like the train is going really fast, and I'm holding on for dear life. And yeah. I feel like, particularly back then, because I was, I was kind of delayed in that. I was processing having had the birth and the pregnancy, but I, I couldn't take that time that I normally would because I had to then meet the needs of this newborn baby. Yeah, you know and. And people say, oh, it's just like feeding and changing nappies. But yeah, it's so much more than that. You it's know, so like much more mentally than that. Well, especially, well. yeah, because you're not in the right mind frame. And I think that's what people forget to acknowledge. They say, oh, fine, it's only just, you know, it's only going to be two, nappies. Two, Every two to three hours, you're going to be fine. Like the baby, just as long as you're following what the baby needs, it will all be okay. But in reality, like, 
it's so much more because your mental health is not stable mm. and your mental health is not stable because you've just given birth and then because your hormones are raging and then because you aren't sleeping like it's a continuous kind of cycle of things that aren't happening it was intense and mm. I think my body was it was intense for my body and you know, my husband had to see things he probably never thought he would have yeah. to see. And I mean, we're definitely going to do a, an episode on body image because yes. I need to tell you about the time that I shut myself. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. definitely get onto that. <laughs> That's soon. like a whole thing talking about. I feel still, I'm, you know, I have this weird disconnection. Yeah. To my body. Yeah. And what do you remember the most from from all of that? Like from coming home with the baby, like. What what kind of sticks out the most when you look back? And when I look back, it? the really sad thing is, is that I was just angry. Like, I was furious. I was like, no one tells you the truth about what it's like to have a newborn baby and what it's like to have this whole after you give birth mm. situation because no one talks about that. They only talk about what it might be like and how you might be a bit tired, but you'll get through it mm. and all this kind of stuff. But literally, I never knew that anything would happen as intensely to my body as it Mm, did um or to my mental health um and I find that quite challenging so I do look back on it in like quite a traumatic way and it's probably something I need therapy for whether this is my therapy or not like um I definitely you know it's kind of put a damper on an idea of having a second um, 100%, which is really unfortunate because right now looking at my baby now and how much fun she's to be around and how much I'm enjoying this time, I definitely have a second, Yeah. but looking back and rethinking and regrouping onto what that life was like before when it was just starting out and how I felt with the whole hospital experience, Mm. I wouldn't Mm. and that's sad. Mm. That's how I feel quite similar. I look back on it and I feel really sad because I I look back on it and all I can see is this sad new mum who felt really isolated and really lonely and really angry um, but didn't understand why because I felt that I should be it should be the most joyous time of my life and I'm not I'm feeling something else but I'm not sure what it is and I just felt incredibly anxious um and I, I, looking at my son now, who, you know, I love playing, you know, he's so communicative. It's very different. It's still very, very hard, but it's very different. And I would I would have one of those again. <laughs> but I thinking about going through the newborn stage again, it makes me feel like absolutely like there's no fucking way. <laughs> there's no, I just, I don't think I could put myself through Even that. if you feel like you've done it, you know, you know what you wouldn't want to go through again. Is it more the newborn stage or is it more how you felt in the newborn stage? It's how I felt in the newborn stage, but the newborn stage also I found incredibly boring. Yeah. I found really boring. I found a uh, little joy in it you know I didn't obviously you know I felt very committed to my baby but I didn't I wasn't like oh wow like this is the most wonderful thing I've ever done in my life I felt like I had no personality no identity I was just this cow or kind of nappy changer mm. um and the idea of going through that again yeah <laughs> I'm just like oh plus you have to be having sex to do that and 
that's not happening. Yeah. Do you, and do you think it's like same question to you? Do you think it was you in the newborn stage, or do you think it's the newborn stage? I think it was me in the newborn stage because I look back and I see moms in the park who have a newborn baby. You know, when I'm like running around after my kid because she's just like crazy and going everywhere and trying to like climb a tree and eat a dog at the same time, and I'm like, <laughs> what is happening? Um, you know, and then you see a mom pushing a baby that's just asleep, and, like, oh. and you're like, okay, like that's lovely. Like, yeah. and that was a phase that I took for granted in terms of the feeling about the newborn, like, and watching a newborn sleep, mm-hmm. and they did sleep, and they were cuddly, and they would fall mm-hmm. asleep on you, and that. That is something really special. But, but I it's guess the, you couldn't how, enjoy it at the time exactly, because of how you felt. Exactly, which is really unfortunate. And, and I you think might that's look back at this time in a year's time and think, I wish I had enjoyed it more. And I yeah. think that's often something I hear about kind of motherhood, that it's really difficult to enjoy the time that you're in now because so many things are happening, particularly if you're struggling with your mental health or, you know, like you are constantly feel guilty for all the things that you want to do as well as being a mom yeah so it's really difficult to just kind of stay in the present because of this like whole moving train it is and which is definitely a topic we need to discuss like mom guilt it's again which is such a real topic um yeah no I definitely I I wish that I had appreciated it more or that I could allow myself to appreciate it more it's not that I didn't appreciate it more I appreciate it enough to where my mental health could handle it and that wasn't enough, but I couldn't appreciate it all the way because I had had a traumatic experience. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it took until my husband and I were watching a program and something traumatic happened in a birth. And I looked over and he was bawling his eyes out. And it took for that moment to happen for me to realize, hold on a second, we've been through something traumatic. Um and because otherwise you're just going with emotions and you're just continuing on mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, I'm just going to do this and I'm going to do that because mm-hmm. this is what has to happen because mm-hmm. there's no time to sit and reflect No, there's on no anything. time to sit and reflect. Yeah. Because you're then you're like, you have to move on to the next thing. Exactly. Whether that's breastfeeding or weaning or they're being ill, their first illness or, you know, something's going on with your partner. Yeah. But how was it, how was your relationship kind of in the, in that aftermath? Uh, my, I would say that my relationship after was fine. It was pretty touchy, I'd say, because I wasn't sleeping and I'm not a best version of myself when I don't sleep. Like I'm that type of person who before pregnancy, I was sleeping like 12 hour solid nights, like a night. And if I wasn't, it was because I was like hungover. Mm. Um, and then even then, then I would still come home and fall asleep on the couch, like after work. Like there was no, there was no kind of leeway of me missing sleep. Mm. Um, and so I was quite touchy and quite frustrated and quite angry that he was happily sleeping next to me or, you know, he wasn't hearing the same things that I was hearing where I was getting woken up by any kind of sniffling or any kind of breathing or any kind of, you know, thing that was out there when it wasn't even that crazy. Like she was probably just having a cough like we all do Mm -hmm. in the middle of the night. And I was waking up to that sound Mm -hmm. and, and he wasn't, um, or, I was noticing that maybe she pooed and Mm -hmm. he didn't notice right away. Or I was noticing, you know, maybe she's hungry. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and at one point we get it, you know, you get into it as well, but you're so tired. It's not even worth having the argument. And one time he said to me, you're not a martyr. Like you're not, you're not going to solve this whole situation on your own and all this kind of stuff. And I was just like, that's the last thing that I need to hear. And it's a lot of storming off Mm -hmm. and it's a lot of kind of having that, time to just reflect without having the time to reflect Mm. um 
and yeah I would say like yeah it builds up a lot of resentment yeah um, and I think for me it definitely started from from that point you know yeah. and I look back and I think why didn't I just wake him yeah you know why didn't I just wake him and say I'm like awake here and I feel isolated and I I'm alone and I'm struggling and be awake with me yeah or do this bottle because we were combi feeding or do this bottle but you know he kept saying that he was so tired and I had this obsession with being like the perfect mom and the perfect wife and having everything ready yeah and so you know I wanted him to have his sleep but then I ended up just resenting him for it yeah and, and I still I, resent him for it now yeah no and I I completely agree with that because then I convinced myself well he's going into work every day so he needs to get his sleep mm-hmm. because he's only got the two weeks off with us and he was like he needs to get his sleep and I, I need to be the one who's getting up in the middle of the night to do it. And also I'm breastfeeding, so I, I need to be the person to do that. Um, and, yeah, I just, yeah, the resentment was real for a very long time. I definitely still have some moments where I look and I go, yeah. no, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> But then other times I'm very appreciative and, you know, I'm very lucky that I've got like a hands-on partner who does want to be involved and I probably could allow him to be more involved, you know. Um, It's difficult to find the balance, but yeah, we can explore all of this in our relationship. You know what he said to me listening to our podcast, he was like, oh, me and your husband, like him and your him and your husband <laughs> need to do their own episode. Oh, which maybe people want to listen to. Yeah. And hopefully they'd be fully open about it. Yeah. yeah. I want to hear what they have to say yeah, and then we'll present like, them oh, and bash no, the whole episode. Yeah. He's like, you just trash me in your podcast. <laughs> so I'm going to do my own episode with Sarah's husband and I'm going to trash <laughs> you guys in our podcast. Because he said that he doesn't want to come to our podcast and be a guest. <laughs> he wants to have his own podcast. Oh, I see. Like a separate one. Mm-hmm. Good luck then. Yeah, yeah, good luck to you. No one else can listen to you and how <laughs> difficult it was for you because you slept so well. <laughs> well, thanks again for joining us, thanks you guys. Thanks again, guys. And we'll yeah. see you next week. Yeah. Mum Guilt episode. Looking forward to it. I hope you have a good day. Bye. Bye.